Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Hey everybody, well welcome to church and welcome to Thrive Online. Today we kick off a brand new series. I'm so pumped for it. It's called Soul and we've subtitled it with the question, how's yours? And so we're asking the question, How's yours? How's your soul doing? You know, thinking about this thing called our soul, we know that it's part of our inner world, don't we? We know that it's something inside of us. When we talk about our soul, we, we know that it, it's in here. We know that it's important. And we also know when it's not doing well, don't we? Because let me say this to us. Every challenge that you and I face, you know, whether you're a business person, thinking about the profits and the staffing and the boards, uh, that you're on, whether you're a university student, uh, dealing with your studies and figuring out direction in life and even who to marry, whether you're at school, uh, worrying about bullying and dealing with peer pressure, whether you're a mom and a dad raising young kids, sleep deprived as that might be, whether you're married and maybe your marriage is in a great season or in a tough season, whether you are dealing with some friendships that have got complicated, you and I, we know Everything in our lives ultimately is linked to our soul. And speaking of soul, Pastor Ken and I watched the movie called Soul the other day. It's Disney and Pixar Studios' new blockbuster. Brilliant, brilliant storyline, brilliant movie. It's about a school music teacher named Joe Gardner who's looking to try and reunite his soul and his body after they accidentally get separated. This is just before his big break as a jazz musician. Fabulous movie, highly recommended. But apart from that, it's thoughtful and it's thought-provoking because it reminds us that our soul, I think more than anything, the movie reminds us, our soul is a real thing. And the soul is a vital part of us. And the movie reminds us of that. It's invisible, yes, but vital. In fact, the most important parts of us, think about this, the most important parts of us are the parts that can't be seen. Our thoughts, our feelings, our soul. So we're gonna have a brilliant three weeks together as we lead right up until Easter in the series called Soul. How's yours? And speaking of good for the soul, so excited to tell you that Thrive Edenville and Boxburg will return to physical services on Sunday, the 28th of March. That's just two weeks time. And we return one week before Easter itself because Easter is that following week, early April. The team are hard at work preparing and at Thrive, we're 100% into physical services and we're 100% into online. We're throwing 100% into the regathering in our physical services because we so believe in it. It's so important. And we're throwing so much resource into our online so that we can continue to reach people. But you need to be in church. So the 28th, we'll see you then. So jumping into our soul and the series called Soul. I heard Pastor John Ortberg tell a fascinating story about a town, a river, and a river keeper. There was once a town high up in the Alps, and it straddled the banks of this beautiful stream. And this stream, this river, was fed by springs that were as old as the earth and seemed as deep as the sea. They were beautiful. The water, it was clear like crystal. And the children used to come and the kids would play and laugh beside the stream. And the, the swans and the geese would swim in this river. You could see the rocks and the sand and even the rainbow trout that swarmed at the bottom of this river. And high up in the hills, far beyond anybody's sight, lived an old man who served as the keeper of the springs. 
He'd been hired so long ago that it seemed like no one could remember a time when he wasn't there. He would travel from one spring to the other in the hills, removing the branches or the fallen leaves or the debris that might pollute the water. His work, though, was unseen. Anyway, one year the town council decided that they had better things to do with their money. No one supervised the old man anyway, they reckoned. They had roads to repair, taxes to collect and services to offer. And giving money to an unseen stream cleaner had become a luxury they could no longer afford. So the old man left his post. So now what happened is that high up in the mountains, the, these springs, they went untended. They weren't looked after and the twigs and the branches and worse things muddied the liquid. And mud and silt compacted the, the creek bed and farm waste turned parts of the stream into stagnant bogs like these uh, terrible swamps. And for a time, no one in the village actually noticed. But after a while, the water was not quite the same, it began to have that brackish look to it. And Pretty soon the swans flew away to live elsewhere. The water no longer had that nice crisp smell to it that drew the kids to play in it. And some people in the town soon began to grow ill. Everybody noticed the loss of the sparkling beauty that used to flow through their town. The life of the village depended upon the river and the life of the river depended upon the keeper. The council soon realized this. They reconvened, found some money, and rehired the old man to look after the springs yet again. And pretty soon the springs were cleaned, the river was pure again, children returned to play on its banks, the illness was replaced by health, the swans came home, and the village came back to life. Here's the thing, the life of a village depended upon the health of this river. The river is your soul, and you are the keeper. The point is this church, your soul is the river that runs through the village of your life. Let me say it again, your soul is the river that runs through the village of your life and your life, your village depends upon your river, your soul. If your soul is healthy, your life will be healthy. And Jesus knew this. Jesus, the greatest teacher who ever lived, he knew this. Jesus, all the fullness and the greatness and the majesty and the beauty of God in a human form, he knew this. And so Jesus teaches us in this profound moment, in this incredibly important statement, Matthew 16, verse 26, he says this, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? So church today, let me start by asking the question, what exactly is our soul. What do we mean when we talk about our soul? To answer that, let me explain it to you this way. I saw Dr. Dallas Willard draw a diagram that really helped me understand what my soul is and how it fits together with the rest of my life. Each of us is made of different parts. By that, I mean we've all got certain parts of our lives, right? So, firstly, we've got our will. That's our capacity to choose. It's what makes me and you a person and not a thing. So when God said to mankind, rule over the earth, that's what we exercise in doing so. Our will, we exercise our will. But our will is also limited. We know it's limited. That's why we eat cake and chips, two slices, three slices. And the thing is, we can't improve ourselves. We cannot change ourselves by willpower alone. It's exhausting to us and to everyone around us. It's something 
in our soul. So we've got our will. Then we've got, secondly, our mind. In the ancient world, this was referred to as our feelings and our thoughts. Not just thoughts, but feelings and thoughts. It's all the ways that we are conscious of things. That's what I'm referring to when I talk about our mind. All the ways that we are conscious of things. It's what Paul refers to when he says that the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind. And our mind, it so wants to be at peace, doesn't it? And thirdly, we have our body. Our body is like our power pack. It's like our battery power pack. It's filled our body with appetites and wants. Our bodies can be trained as well so that we can outsource stuff to our body where our mind doesn't even have to think about it anymore. Things like tying our laces. They are now done automatically. Once we've done it enough, our mind doesn't even engage. It's just automatically done by our bodies. And then fourthly, we have our soul. And our soul, church, is what connects and integrates all of our different parts into a single person. Our soul integrates and connects our will, our thoughts and our feelings, in other words, our mind, and our body. It brings all the parts of our life together into one whole, and it makes one life of all the other components. Perhaps we could think of the soul as the computer that operates and organizes and guides all the parts of the human system. In other words, our mind, our will, our body. Our soul is the computer that brings them all together, directs what goes on in them and directs how they connect with each other. Our soul is the integrating force that brings it all together. And so when Jesus says in Matthew 16 verse 26, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? When he, when he says those words, what does he mean? Well, I used to think that verse was about not getting rich and making sure my soul doesn't go to hell. That's what I used to think. Perhaps you did too. It's actually not about that. What Jesus is saying, he's saying it doesn't help you to get everything you want in life. It doesn't help to get everything external. If your ability to integrate and connect your mind and your body and your will is lost. In other words, if your soul is lost, no circumstance in the world, no external thing can bring you lasting joy or meaning in life. To lose my soul means that I no longer have a healthy center that organizes and guides my life. And so when my soul is unhealthy, my thoughts run unchecked. And that then in turn impacts what I choose to do, my will. And that in turn affects my body. You see how it's all connected. My mind and my thoughts affect my will, affect my body. I want to tell you a story about a friend of mine. He came back from work one day after having had a hectic experience. He was crossing the M1 in Joburg and there was a guy who went through a red robot. Well, my friend hooted at him. Next thing you know, two minutes later, he notices in his rearview mirror that this guy is following him. He follows him for, for kilometers. It wasn't a quick follow. He followed him for kilometers. Eventually, my friend pulled over in the hope that the guy would just come past. But when he pulled over, the guy stopped next to him. He, he got out of his car. He grabbed a baseball bat that was in his car. He walked over to my friend's car and he proceeded to smash his car with this baseball bat. In the process, he caught my friend's leg in the door as he tried to slam the door closed on my friend and his leg crazy road rage incident that guy who so abused my friend it was his mind his thoughts his feelings that impacted on his will his decision to get out of his car and start smashing the other the other guy's car with a baseball bat 
it led to his body, him physically doing that. See how they all linked? His soul was unhealthy. The thing that was supposed to connect and, and bring all the integrated parts of him together wasn't functioning well. Perhaps let me give you an example closer to home for me. It's a difficult thing for me to talk about. Can you recall four years ago, our daughter Caitlin, one morning, it'd been a stressful time for us. She'd woken up, uh, she was being particularly difficult that day. I mean, normally she gets dressed and ready for school and no problems at all. But that day, particularly, she was being so difficult. Something within me just snapped in a moment. I can remember uh, grabbing her much too roughly by her arm, pulling her to stand in front of me as I sat on the couch. And as I looked into her eyes, I really let her have it. I mean, I really shouted at her. And uh, as I did so, I saw her break down. I saw the tears begin to stream. And I began to, I began to see this look of fear in her eyes. It's an absolute parenting failure. Like it's, it's even very hard to tell you the story now. I struggled with the guilt of that for a long time. I'm not sure I'm over it yet. It was my thoughts and my feelings that impacted and affected my will, my decision to, to pull her like that, which impacted my decision to then begin to shout at her. And so my thoughts and feelings, my mind affected my will, which affected physically what I did with my body. The soul is that part of us that integrates and ties us all together. And when our soul is unhealthy, all of us is unhealthy. When our soul unravels, we unravel. To a certain extent, we disintegrate. Perhaps I could demonstrate it to us this way and recap all of what I've really been saying up until now about what our soul is. I think I could say to us, our soul is a little bit like this net around the gem squash. It holds the different components of our life together. So if our lives are our will, which is one gem squash, our body, our mind, our feelings, the other gems, if, if the, if those are the components of our lives, the soul is the net that holds them all together. And when things happen to us, it begins to slowly but surely tear at our soul. And unless we begin to realize that our soul is being torn, the tears just continue. The damage to our soul just continues. And pretty soon, pretty soon things start to fall apart because the thing that holds it all together is torn, it's broken. If our soul is the thing that holds it together, that's what we've got to care for. Soul, how's yours? Perhaps you've had your own unraveling experience. Maybe that experience ended with you cheating the tax man or having sex with that person that you know you should never have. Or going back to the drugs or the booze or treating your spouse like garbage. The problem wasn't the tax man or that person that was so attractive to you. Or the alcohol or the drugs. The problem wasn't your spouse. You know what? The problem wasn't even lockdown. Have you noticed how many people are blaming lockdown for everything? No, no. The problem wasn't any of those things. The problem is your soul. My soul. It was, perhaps is, unhealthy. 
There's so much anger and stress and overwhelmedness in our world at the moment, isn't there? We're angry at so much. We're stressed about so much. I want to say this. The solution to that anger and to that stress is not for government to suddenly become full of integrity or for your job situation to suddenly calm down and become manageable, or for your boss to become the best boss in town, or for your kids to suddenly become angels and start behaving, or for your spouse to become like Mother Teresa, a saint, or for that health challenge to go away. If you're hoping for your circumstances to improve before your soul improves, it'll never happen. That's perhaps the bad news that I've got for you today. But I don't want to leave it there because I've got good news for each one of us today as well. Here's the good news. Your soul can get better even if your situation doesn't. Your soul can get better even if your situation doesn't. Now, I read a fascinating story the other day about barns, like big farming barns in the Midwest. You know, when the storms come in the Midwest of, uh, state of America, Michigan and those sorts of states, they, the storms don't just arrive um, gradually. They arrive suddenly and they arrive with a blizzard. They have what they call a whiteout. And what happens in a whiteout is all of a sudden you just can't see. Everything around you is just white. It's just snow. It's just, it's just wind. It's just hail. You cannot see anything. And people have died out in the cold just a few hundred meters from their barns because they literally couldn't find their way home. So what they started to do was to tie a rope to their leg and then go out farming for the day. Can you imagine it? Now the rope was the thing that would lead them home if there was a blizzard or a whiteout or a storm. It would lead them home. They could find their way home. We can find our way home. What's the rope? Well, the rope is the thing that leads us home, isn't it? What's the rope? Simply caring for our soul. Here's the good news. Your soul can get better even if your circumstances don't. You can find a rope. You can have a rope to get you home again. Pastor Cain's just finished an incredible book. It's called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the Horse. Interesting title. I'll let you explore it yourself. But it's about four characters. And these four characters, the boy, the mole, the, the fox, etc., they all represent different parts of the same person. The inquisitive boy, there's the mole who's enthusiastic but a little bit greedy. So you, you've got the boy who's very inquisitive, the mole who's greedy but he loves life, the fox who's been so hurt that he's withdrawn from life and he's slow to trust but he does want to be part of things. And then fourthly and finally you've got the horse who's the wisest but the deepest part of you, the soul thought about this. Hey, we've all got a little inquisitive boy in us, haven't we? We've all got an enthusiastic and slightly greedy mole. We've all got a hurt, withdrawn fox. And we've all got a wise, strong horse that holds everything together. The deepest part of us, our soul. And we can care for the horse. A couple of days ago, Pastor Ken and I had the opportunity to be in the bush felt for a beautiful sunset. The picture will be on the screen just magnificent. You know, there's nothing quite like a sunset in the bushveld. I stood there and I watched it with joy and with wonder and with awe and a deep sense of humility. And I thought about it and I thought how, how I connected with that sunset. As I replayed it in my mind, I thought about my thoughts. My thoughts were, wow, that's an amazing sunset. When it came to my body, I thought, well, enjoy the sight with your eyes. My eyes were feasting on it. When it came to my will, I thought, you have nothing else to do 
except to simply decide to stop and enjoy the sunset. But here's the thing, church. There is a depth to that moment. There was a depth to that moment, that sunset, beyond what my mind or my will or my body could understand. Because there's something about those moments that are deeper, isn't it? There's something that connects with us deeper. And that's our soul that's connecting. There's a depth to these moments that's only reachable by way of the soul. That sunset, no matter how my mind thought that is beautiful, no matter how my will said stop and enjoy it, no matter how my body, my eyes feasted on it, it was only my soul that really connected the deepest part of me. Some of you, I know you feel like that when you taste Seattle coffee, especially the double short latte, don't you? It is just soulish. <laughs> Let's recap for a minute, shall we? What I'm saying to us today is you are not just a self. You are a soul. Everything in your life and my life is dependent upon our soul. In fact, our soul is the stream that runs through the village of our lives. And when that stream is healthy, when that river is healthy, our lives are healthy. We learned today that our soul connects and integrates our will, our mind, and our body. These different parts of our lives, the different gem squash. It's the computer that organizes and guides all the parts of our human system, our mind, our will, our body, and it directs them. Our soul is what holds us all together. Our soul is the, the netting around the gem squash. And yet, our soul's also the deepest part of us. It's the wisest part of us. It's the horse. And Jesus knew this. And so he said to us in Matthew 16, that you can gain everything external, everything you want in life. But if you lose your soul, if you don't care for your soul, you will have gained nothing. You will disintegrate. You'll fall apart on the inside. Church, as a wrap up, there's something profoundly important I want to share with you. Because in verses 24 and 25, just before where we've been today, he tells us that a healthy soul is only found in following him. Only found in following him. Can't be healthy. Your soul can't be healthy until you have surrendered your life and decided to follow him. Check it out. Matthew 16, verses 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Very next verse 26, he says, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? In other words, what Jesus is doing is he's tying, following him, becoming a follower of Jesus to caring for your soul, to, to finding your soul, to making sure that your soul is healthy. You can't have a healthy soul unless you follow him. Today, it'll be my privilege to invite you to follow Jesus. I know for some of you, it might be the first time you're ever making this decision to surrender your life to him, to invite him into your life, to follow Jesus. Some people I know watching today, it's a moment where you, you've heard what I've been speaking about and you're saying, you know what? I, I want to come back to Christ. I, I want to follow him again. My life has taken some detours and today I'm coming Either way, it'd be my privilege to lead you in a moment of prayer. Would you pray with me? Father, we want to say thank you today. Thank you 
for your grace and your love and your mercy. Jesus, we thank you for your words that shape us and mold us, your words which are life, your words which are the greatest teaching any human being could ever connect to. Thank you that you teach us how to find our soul, care for our soul, and it's found in you. Today, I want to make a decision to follow you, to surrender my life to you, and to make a decision to invite you into my life. And as I do so, I ask that you would forgive me where I've gone wrong, that you would begin to wipe the slate clean, that you would write a new story with my life as I place my faith and my hope in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you made that decision today, either for the first time or perhaps for you, it was a moment of coming back to placing your faith in God. We want to congratulate you. One of our team is standing by and we would love the privilege and the opportunity to send you something via WhatsApp just to get you started on your journey. Remember, today is not the end of a message. It's the starting point of a faith journey for you. So if you simply WhatsApp the words, follow Jesus to the number on the screen right now, one of our team would love to connect with you, send you something via WhatsApp and get you started. Church, for the rest of us, as we head into this week, so excited to be together again on the 28th. Keep a lookout on all of our social media channels for the details of the services, what you need to do leading up to the services on the 28th. We'll be in touch, let you know everything you need to know. And may you walk in this week ahead with a deep, deep sense that your soul can get better even if your circumstances don't. Have an amazing week. See you soon. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.